0: Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome into the ACC Football Academy. This is our inaugural episode. Uh, I'm Chris Burgess, and with me is...
1: Oh, uh, hey, how are we doing today, folks? My name is uh, Ridge Moss. I'm one of your other anchors on this podcast.
0: And uh, today, we're going to just kind of give you guys a background of what why we started the podcast. And... Uh, Basically, it's just because we, well, personally, for me, I I love uh, college football. In my opinion, it's um, way better than like uh, pro or anything else. Um, It's just more excitement, more fun in general. And uh, I think the players play with a lot more heart and passion. And it's just, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I'd love to do nothing more than talk about it uh, on a podcast.
1: So. Uh, yeah, that's the same for me as well, Chris. Um, I've been watching college football, God, since I was probably like five years old, you know. Um, granted, you know, we are we are both Florida State fans. Um, we've both been fans since we are kids. But, I mean, we're definitely not going to let that affect this show. We're definitely going to tell you how it is. If they're doing good, then we're going to tell you they're doing good. If they're not, then, you know, we're going to let you know about that as well. Um, but, yeah, we kind of started this podcast because we wanted to talk about college football um, we've always wanted a podcast, um, and we finally found this app, Anchor. It's a pretty awesome little app as well, so it kind of just allowed us to, you know, start it with no, like, really big, like, startup costs or anything like that. Um, is there anything else you want to add to it, Chris?
0: Um, I mean, no, I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, basically, we just love college football, and we feel like uh, there's a lot of people that do, and we just kind of want to be the normal guys that are doing a podcast than anybody can kind of come in and relate to, and we're like he said we're first state fans, but we're going to come at this with a pretty just pretty much unbiased approach. We're going to cover every team in the Atlantic, every team in the Coastal Division of the of the ACC, mm-hmm. and
1: um, um <laughs> Well, do you want to go ahead and get started off with the uh, the breakdown of the ACC or the preseason of it anyway?
0: Yeah, so uh, if, if any of you that don't know, we're going to be doing a breakdown of the ACC, and we're going to go from one division to the other. We're going to start with the Atlantic, and then after we're finished with the Atlantic, we're going to go to the Coastal. Um, and what I mean by breakdown is we're going to take the lowest ranked team in each division, and we're going to work our way to the top one and give you kind of a quick breakdown and uh, kind of a preview of what the team is has coming back in the, uh, for the 2019 season. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, um,
1: and also, like, like I said, this is more of a preseason kind of topic. Um, you know, there's a few weeks away until we actually have, you know, the kickoff of college football season. Um, but also during the the regular season is going to be a little bit different breakdown. Um, like I said in the, in the uh, advertisement, we're going to be breaking down like the ACC games. Um, we, will, we will also break down – like some top 25 games, especially if they have any like uh, college football playoff implications right. or anything like that right. as well.
0: Yeah. So uh, I guess without further ado, we'll go ahead and start kicking off our Atlantic uh, breakdown. Uh, yep. Like I said, we're going to be starting from the worst team. Well, uh, I guess predicted worst team to the predicted best team. Um, and coming in at number seven is Louisville. Um, obviously, not a great season last year. Um, really, a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um. Oh. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um. You know, they went two and ten overall, and zero and eight in ACC play. Obviously, not what they wanted, or their fans wanted at all. Mm. Yeah, um, for just, sure. For sure. Um. Just real, real disappointment, honestly.
1: And it's kind of surprising that that happened. You know. Bobby Petrino, or not Bobby? Yeah, Bobby Petrino. He, he had he had that offense for a while running on all cylinders, um, especially when he had Lamar Jackson. I guess maybe once Lamar Jackson kind of you know went on to get drafted by the Ravens, I don't know. The offense just wasn't clicking as good. And you know, how it is an ACC. I mean, some well, years- I almost
0: feel like uh, you know Lamar Jackson kind of maybe made Bobby Petrino look a little better than he was because I'm gonna be honest man Lamar Jackson um he's not your everyday athlete I mean that guy is a track star in a quarterback's yeah, I body I mean it's kind of a shame that you know
1: he he's from Florida and I'm sure he probably wanted to play at those Clark schools and none of us gave him the time or day to to play quarterback because I think like some of them I want to say Miami or somebody offered him a scholarship, but I don't think it was to play quarterback. I think it was like receiver or something. I mean, yeah. the kid definitely can play quarterback. We'll see how he pans out on NFL level. Like I said, that's a totally different monster. Yeah. There's no telling how that is mm-hmm. going to pan out. But um, for a college player, he was a star for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um,
1: but, yeah, they do have – what is it? New hire um, – this real fast. Scott Satterfield who's coming from uh, Appalachian State um, which historically they've always been uh,
0: Yeah, no what they I were. mean I, I really think uh, that's a great hire for Louisville. Um, like, like Ridge said, Scott Satterfield is he had to over in four four seasons and he he brought home three sunbelt titles along the way. So uh, the guy can coach. Yeah, and, for sure. And uh if he can if he can pull in, you know, consistent talent at Louisville, uh, they could potentially be a pretty scary program moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, historically Kentucky has always had a pretty rich football tradition, you know, um mainly yeah, in the I mean, Louisville look at, area.
0: Look at um, Kentucky and the SEC now I mean they're starting to kind of not be the you know that for a long time they were kind of the uh, laughing rug stuck. for everyone to walk on yeah and and now they're they're starting to compete with the big boys a little more so yeah um, yeah I, I think there there's a lot of talent up that way um, mm-hmm. and I, I think a lot of people well. Are,
1: They also have our uh, former defensive coordinator, Stoops. I can't remember his first name for the life of me, but, yeah, brother of Bob Stoops. I mean, he's... Mark?
0: Is it Mark? Yeah. I think so. It's something like that, I want to say. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I look for Louisville to maybe not have it together this season. Although they could, they could surprise me, uh, but... I feel like they uh, potentially in the, in the next couple seasons. I think they'll start to, to really become a, a team to to talk about.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, even a lot of the pundits out there they're predicting them to finish last. Like I said, that's what this this ranking's based off of. I mean, it, it's it's hard for a first year coach. Um, I think a lot of times colleges they want to pull the plug too soon and maybe they shouldn't. Um, you got to give the guy a few years and see what he can do as far as recruiting goes. Because he's already – he's four or five years behind in recruiting now because he's taking over the rounds yeah. right now. You know? yeah. so, like, he's he coming into a up.
0: really bad situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um,
1: uh, and that, that division is not easy by any stretch. I mean, you have Clemson, you have Florida State, NC State's never an easy out you know and not to mention even when he gets over to the coastal division i mean miami's probably going to be tough. i mean
0: he's got boston college as well so and they're never a pushover Um, Mm
1: -mm. especially at boston college
0: Um, yeah they're always usually a pretty good dog fight for sure yeah um well i mean i I think you know we pretty much summed it up for louisville I, i think you know obviously last season was a terrible disappointment um but I, I think moving forward with, with Coach Satterfield, I think they I think they could possibly be getting it together here in the next couple yeah. seasons for sure.
1: Yeah, they'll definitely get back to a winning culture. It just always is in Louisville. I mean, they've had they've had up and down um, seasons, but I think for the most part, like you said, I think Satterfield, he's going to turn that program around. Um, but you never know. It's never a guarantee. But I think he definitely have them moving in the,
0: the right direction for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, next we're going to go ahead and go to number six on our list. Wake Forest, uh, the Demon Deacons went seven and six last season, three and five in the ACC. Um, For some unknown reason, um, you know, I I don't see a reason to do this. Wake Forest has extended their coach for another eight seasons uh, when he's compiled a record of 28 and 35 with them. So I'm not sure why.
1: Um. I don't, I don't get that either. I just don't know if they're like, just want to be a mediocre team and they don't really want to compete for an ACC championship. Or maybe they just want to put most of their money towards the basketball program, which it could be the case. I don't know. But I mean, I just don't think if a coach is, if if you have a coach for three to four, or even like five years, and he's not producing any results, then why would you extend his contract? That just doesn't make sense to me financially or even from a football standpoint.
0: No, I mean not from any standpoint. I mean, they. I mean, twenty-eight and thirty-five. You know, I, and I know Wake Forest is not a. I, I don't really see them shooting. You know, it's they've never really for national title, national titles, and and mm-hmm. they're not going to be a football dynasty. I don't. I don't no. really foresee that happening. But uh, at least try to better yourself. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, you would think. In I mean, five I mean, in five seasons, he's twenty eight and thirty five. So I mean, you're not even it, trying. You're just kind of doing. yeah.
1: And it's not an indictment against him. We're not trying to bash him or anything. But just from a common sense standpoint, I see I see head coaches get fired for for less across the country. So I just don't understand. Yeah, the,
0: I mean five hundred records.
1: And I'm all for it. Satterfield, you know, you got to ride out the storm and see what he can do first before you let him go, because it doesn't really do you much good to get into a coaching carousel year in and year out of who's going to be your head coach. But mm-hmm. I just don't think if if you're not getting the job done in four or five years, then you definitely you got to go. I mean,
0: it's just yeah, pretty much I mean, the way it, it is. you know, if you actually care about your football program, which obviously Wake Forest kind of seems like they don't at all, but you know, not with that that, that
1: decision, I don't think. That,
0: um, no, I it's...
1: I wouldn't be surprised honestly if they do finish last this year maybe maybe Louisville will finish sixth place and they might finish last I, I just
0: I, I mean I it, see, it's definitely possible
1: yeah I just don't see how he's already got a losing culture how those kids are going to respond to that because eventually players they just they get they lose the the respect to their coach and once that happens you might as well forget about it you're not going to win a game
0: yeah yeah definitely. Do you want to go ahead and move uh, on to the Boston College? We're going to go ahead and move on to Boston College. Uh, They're number five on our list in the Atlantic. Uh, Boston College went seven and five last season and four and four in the ACC. Mm, Kind of a middle of the road season. Nothing really to be excited about or mad about. It's kind of just uh, your 500 season.
1: Yeah. Well, it's saying, uh, I'm looking at the Boston Globe, an article right now, and it's saying uh, two of their big games this year, they're, and they're back to back, is going to be at, or Clemson's coming to them, and then so is Syracuse. But I mean, that is that is a, a gauntlet
0: <laughs> yeah, a that, stretch. Yeah. Right I, there. The home field uh, with Boston College should really play a, a big role in that. Yeah. Um, I think they're really fortunate to have them both at home. Well, uh, I misspoke, because... I'm sorry
1: Chris. They're actually they're traveling to Clemson and Syracuse.
0: Oh, well, that changes things. Yeah. That um... is <laughs> that is quite the gauntlet uh yeah. to go through.
1: I just maybe they could beat Syracuse, but I don't I don't see them beating Clemson. I mean, I've seen I don't even know.
0: Happen. I mean, Syracuse is not, you know, uh, they're not an easy out right now either. Uh, no, I, um, I that's like, like you said, that's just uh that's a tough road to hope for anybody. That's
1: yeah, for sure. Even for Florida state, that wouldn't be an easy out
0: for sure. No, no, that's, that's rough, you know?
1: Um, but I mean, Boston college historically, they, they usually, they have a pretty, uh, pretty solid squad. Um, Adasio, um, he's definitely he's got yeah, that, that
0: I was going to I was going to mention they're they're bringing Steve Adazio back of course. He's entering into his sixth season and he has compiled a 500 record at 38 and 38 overall in his time at Boston College. Yeah. So, you know, another 500 uh kind of situation with the coach. Um Um you know, well the thing and I
1: get it to a certain degree, you know, Boston College Historically, it's not a bad program. I mean, they've always they've had players like Doug Flutie come through there. Matt Ryan, of course, as well. Oh yeah. Um, But it's not a destination job, and I don't think it ever will be because their their stadium is it's a decent sized stadium, but it's not no it's not a major stadium. It's not Florida State. It's not Clemson. It's not Miami. No. And plus, you know, the Patriots they run that city anyway. You know, so they're they're predominantly that's a New England town.
0: Yeah, they're they're you know they're, I, I I'm not sure on this. I'm just kind of of making a, a guess, but I, I feel like maybe their facilities could be upgraded or something. I'm not sure, but they need to do something to bring. Now they have an a outstanding running back. Uh, was it AJ Dillon? Yeah, uh, he's coming um, back. So that guy is a monster. He really is.
1: I think he's projected like first or second round somewhere in that ballpark he's a
0: huge um, guy he's like six foot or something like 250, 250. Years. Yeah, yeah i mean that's a, that's a load it's so, a bowling ball coming at you right there <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean you know and they're gonna need every every pound of that bowling ball going against clemson yeah. and, and syracuse uh, yeah. Away, so.
1: Well, that's how you're gonna end up beating them anyway, because it, with Clemson, especially Syracuse. I mean, their their offense is pretty solid, but Clemson, they're you're gonna have to control that tempo of that game. Because if you let Clemson just run up and down the field on you, they're gonna beat Boston College fifty-six to ten. Let's just be honest. I mean. Oh yeah. And Syracuse, like I said, they're kind of up in the air. You, you never know what you're gonna get with Syracuse. I feel like.
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't. I mean. Yeah, it's uh, they're kind of the flip of the coin team. They can play really well or really, you know, not that great. So yeah, for sure. But Um, yeah, Um, I mean that's that's breakdowns for this week. Um, We're going to be going through uh, more Atlantic teams next week, and once we finish the Atlantic teams, we're going to go ahead and switch over to the coastal and uh, do the same kind of breakdown for those teams as well
1: yeah we just kind of want to get an overview of the season and then we're gonna dive in right as soon as the the first ball is kicked off
0: yeah because i mean honestly folks this is this is just the boring part of the year waiting for football season uh this is the kind of part where you know you have to kind of dig and and dive through things to to find things and um you know, all you can really do at this point is just speculate what you think teams could be, what you think they, they could, you know, potentially end up winning any, if they could potentially end up winning anything. And, uh, that's, that's kind of the fun part of this part of the year.
1: Yeah. That and recruiting, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cause, mm-hmm. Um, cause like, like I said to Chris a few days ago, like recruiting, it, it's definitely, it's key to a lot of these programs anyway. Um. It's pretty much a lifeblood of him. If, if you don't hit the recruits, you're not going to win games. I mean, I don't think anybody epitomizes you know. that more than Nick Saban. I mean, how many years does this guy have the number one recruiting class in the country year in, year yeah. out?
0: Yeah, or, or at least top three or five every every year. I and
1: mean, historically, if you look at the top ten – um, it's usually the same teams. Like it's it's Alabama, it's Clemson, it's Georgia, it's Florida State, it's Oklahoma. You know, Texas yeah. is thrown into the mix as well. It's
0: teams that are traditionally known for winning, uh, and that kind of goes hand in hand with recruiting. Obviously, you know, if if I had, it goes with anything. You know, if, if in if you have a car, you're going to win the race. Yeah, you got to have the better players.
1: If you're running a business, if you have the better employees, they're going to get the job done better. You know, They're going to make you as much right. money as possible. So, right. I mean, that's got a lot to do with it for sure. But yeah. I, I think the ACC overall this year, it should be pretty
0: fun to watch. Um, and – got
1: You've had a from-
0: lot of, of guarantees. I think – I think this going to be – up uh, You know, is their defense going to be as strong? I doubt, it, but – See uh,
1: uh your uh, your mic is messing up Chris.
0: You know bring it. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Is that better? Um you know obviously Dabo's been pretty good about bringing new talent and kind of getting mm-hmm. it rebuilt or uh you know and um so there's a lot of question marks also. Like, you know, will Louisville kind of come out and have yeah. a better year? Or, you know, will Boston College have the, uh, some upsets? You know, there's a lot of question marks. Well, I would say season.
1: overall, um, I think the Atlantic, you kind of see who it's going to – I'm pretty sure it's going to It's going to come down to Clemson, Syracuse, and Florida State. I don't think the back end of the Atlantic division, like from NC State all the way to Louisville, they're going to make much runs. They could. I don't really see it happening. I think more than any,
0: That's the beauty of college football. I think more than anything, probably
1: the majority of the parity is going to come out of the coastal side. I think that's up for grabs. I mean, some pundits, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but just, you know, some pundits are thinking that Virginia is going to come out of that division. And they might. Who knows? Um, They had a pretty solid team last year. But, I mean, historically, the coastal division has been just a crapshoot of teams. Like, has come out. Miami's come yeah. out. UNC played in the ACC title game a few years ago. Um, obviously, Virginia Tech is right. always—they're not a, a easy out ever in Blacksburg. You know, Frank Beamer yeah. had that team humming for almost two decades before he stepped down. You know, and Fuentes just stepped right in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think the the coastal is just a—I mean, you you don't know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, you don't know who who's going to meet you in the ACC championship. Uh, and like you said, with the Atlantic, I kind of feel like, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a more like pick three yeah. situation. Uh, you know, you got you got Clemson, Florida State, or maybe, you know, perhaps. Uh, yeah, Syracuse. and
1: a lot of it, even on our side of, of the Atlantic division, a lot of it's going to be predicated on injuries, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what hurt Florida State the last few years, you know, especially when we when we played Bama in uh, the first game of the year a few years ago. Well, you know, Francois went down in, like, the third quarter or whatever it was, and our season was just, yeah. you know, topsy-turvy from that point on. Um, Blackman, he yeah. did his best he Absolutely. could. I mean, he was a true freshman. I mean, you can't really expect too much out of the kid. I mean, you're getting thrown to the fire right out the gate. I mean, that's –
0: yeah, you're getting you're getting thrown uh, behind an absolutely terrible offensive line uh, against one of the best defensive lines yeah. in college football. So, I mean, it's uh, you didn't, he didn't have much of a yeah. chance at all. But and you know, like I
1: said, even with Clemson, they have recruited fairly decent over the last five to ten years for sure. But I mean. With college football, and it, it can be somewhat to the NFL as well, is like you're you're almost one injury away. Especially if it's some like impact player like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, God forbid, I don't wish injury on the kid, but I mean, if he goes down, I mean, does people honestly think that their backup is going to come in and win? I mean, that just doesn't happen that often. The only person that comes to mind right now is Nick Foles with the Eagles, but that that's a that's an outlier. That's not going to happen every year.
0: No, and, and the reason
1: being is, I mean, experience is everything. He, their backup for Clemson, he might know the playbook like the back of his hand, but he hasn't been out there. He hasn't seen the live action. It's totally different when you got to put pen to paper, you know, and it's something and it's on the line.
0: And and I don't think you can really learn or or be taught clutch. And I think that is one thing that that. I, I believe that Trevor Lawrence has that you can't really be taught is just yeah. clutch. I mean, he, he doesn't get rattled. That's what I've noticed from him. You know, he's had defenses in his face. He's been hurt. He's yeah. been hit. He doesn't get rattled. And I think that is the difference because, because you look back a few years ago at Jameis Winston for Florida state. And like during the, the championship year, he was the same way. You know, he took hits. He got up. He, he made really clutch throws mm. to win games. Winners win. I mean, uh, that's just that's, the,
1: there's a lot of truth in it. You see it all the time, whether it's Tom Brady in NFL or, you know.
0: Yeah, they just stay focused to win. They, they love that
1: moment, too. And I think the kid is good. He definitely, um, well, he was, what, the number one quarterback in the country coming, I think, out of Georgia or whatever it was. But, I mean. And I, I definitely mm-hmm. think he's he's definitely got a, a promising future ahead of him. I mean, I think a lot of player or not players, but a lot of commentators, they're uh, they're predicting him to be a top five, maybe even the number one overall draft pick. But, I mean, I think they need to pull yeah. their brakes a little bit. Let's see how the rest of his career is going to unfold. Because, I mean, look at mantateo The year before, I mean, yeah. he won the national title game. He got all this hype. And he didn't play bad this year. I mean, I, I know a lot of it was – due to some of the injuries he had, but you got to think these, these teams, they now have a year's worth of film on Trevor Lawrence and you can take it to the bank right now. Right. As we're talking, I guarantee you, these players are watching film on him right now. If you're not, you're going to get your, your brain beat in by him. But I'm telling you, these players are watching film on him right now. They're, they're studying right. every move that he's doing, you know, in any
0: right. ways that, I mean,
1: they can get from him.
0: You know, they had, they had a great, they had a great last year. Um, but like you said, you know, I don't think I don't think Clemson's going to be quite as crisp. Mm-hmm. Maybe offensively they will be. I don't really think they lost many star star players on offense. Defense is what uh, got it really more than anything. Yeah, the defense is is what's going to hurt. Uh, I think they lost all those big name uh, defensive linemen yeah. they had. Uh, And, um, I, to be honest, that is, that kept them in a lot of games. It did. Uh, It kept them in the national championship for sure. I mean, it got even, even I know how lopsided the the Florida state game got last season, obviously. Uh, but to be honest, Florida state, uh, stopped Clemson. Uh, maybe what was it? Like four or five drives in a row at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Uh, but Florida state simply couldn't move it on Clemson's defense. Mm -hmm. And, um, that that really kept them in that game, I feel like. Well, yeah, because the floodgates are going to open. kept the momentum on their side.
1: Yeah, the, the floodgates, like I said, they're eventually – they're going to open up. You, your defense is going to get worn out. They can't keep you on the field – or you can't keep your defense on the field, you know, 60% no. of the game and expect them not to score like four or five touchdowns on you. That's exactly what happened. I mean – and. You know, a lot of that has to do with Willie Taggart trying to implement a new game plan into Florida State. We're running an offense we've never ran before in our history, you know. Right. So, it's going to take a while for that to get implemented. I think think we'll see a totally different team this year than what we even seen last year, you know. Because, like I said, they have a year under their belt where they actually can learn – the system you can't expect a a coach i mean you can even look at nick saban even back in 2007 i mean even he struggled when he first got to alabama i think they went like seven and six or something like that so i mean Mm -hmm. even a coach to that caliber struggles in year one i mean what does that say for the rest of college? i think
0: they lost to george didn't they lose to western kentucky or something
1: it was some small school i can't even remember but yeah they
0: i want to say it was western kentucky beat them
1: and a lot of that has to do with recruits, too. Because, I mean, your game plan is only as good as the recruits that you you, uh, right. you put it towards, pretty and much. And the, the,
0: the problem with Florida State is that all these players were recruited pro style.
1: Yep. Your mic's
0: messing up again, Chris. You can't take... Okay. You can't take pro players and expect them to run a spread offense when they're not built for yeah. it. It's totally different player builds needed for those offenses. Yeah, even
1: offensive line. Like, you got to have you got have a, a really athletic offensive line. And what did Jimbo recruit? He, he recruited these bulky 300-pound offensive linemen. They look like something from the Big Ten. They look like they belong to play for, like, Wisconsin, Wisconsin or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't expect too much out of that. And I don't – You know, we're going into a different realm with, like, talking about Florida State. But anyway, um, I just don't think, like, the fan base or even the school should be giving up on Willie Taggart. I think it's a great hire, frankly. I know a lot of pundits like Paul Feinbaum and, you know, some other ones from ESPN, they think it's a joke of a hire. I don't think it is necessarily just because he wants to be a Florida State. He always always wanted to be a knoll. From high school, when he played quarterback in Florida, that was his. That was right. His
0: school. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think many people can question his loyalty or or love for Florida State. He's almost like a fan getting to coach the team. Yeah. Uh, and you know that that's great to me because that tells me right there that he actually cares about the school. He wants to get in the right track. Yeah. And um, you know.
1: Well, not to mention, I mean. Like I said, he understands the culture behind Florida State. But, I mean, a lot, of the, a lot of the pundits, the reason why they're giving him so much flack is because they're like, well, he hasn't had any success anywhere. Well, frankly, he didn't really ever stay at a place long enough to have any success. Because if you look at how he started, he started off at Western Kentucky. That was his alma mater. That's where he played quarterback at. He got the job there. Um, under Jack Harbaugh, he brought him in as an assistant. Well, he finally got, like I said, he got the head coaching job. He stayed there a few years. His last season at Western Kentucky, he went 11-2. and Now, after that point, South Florida hired him. I
0: mean, you couldn't blame Willie Taggart to want to go to South Florida. Yeah, if you look at Willie Taggart's overall record, you're like, you know, well, why would we hire this guy's record? But what people don't take into account is the first season he didn't do well because he was turning the program around. But if you look at the end result –
1: Every program that he went to, they were going into the right direction. Even Oregon, until their quarterback went down last year, they won like their first seven games in a row. Right. And their quarterback goes down, which, like I said, I mean, a lot of a lot of the seasons are made up of luck. I mean, you know, you are at the right place at the right time sometimes, and if you take an injury like that, it's kind of hard to sustain it because it's just like quicksand. You know, you are right. just trying to get out as quick as you can. But I mean,
0: like right. I said, he's and I mean. He, he, uh, you know, I I think he's made some really smart hires. I think he's brought in exactly who we need. Um, I think, you know, obviously the Randy Clements hire was huge uh, with the offensive line because he knows how to build an offensive line for the spread offense. He knows how to teach them to move, how to block. Uh, But he also hired uh, Randy Clements, I guess, personal offensive coordinator because Mm – you know, he's actually the guy who who he worked with at uh, his last school and you know, they already know how to mesh together and 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 play together, so
1: And not to mention the hire of Brawls. I mean, I think that was a steal for sure to get him out of Baylor. Or was it Baylor or was it Houston he was at?
0: Um I think it was uh
1: I know he coached at Baylor. I think it was with I his think father, he's, but
0: yeah, it's been. What, I think it was. He's been at both of them. Yeah,
1: but I think we got it from Houston or some somewhere like that. But I mean, that yeah, guy. Yeah,
0: think, that's a great hire, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that. He, that's we're, absolutely a top of the line offense coordinator. You know, I think he's going to get the offense moving at the right speed for the you know spread offense of today.
1: Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, Anywhere that guy's been, the offense has called fire. I mean.
0: Yeah, almost everywhere he's been, the offense has been in, like I think it's the top five. So and, I mean, like,
1: they run very similar, like, schemes. So, it, it, I mean, it takes the pressure off of Tagger so he doesn't have to call the plays anymore. And that was one problem with Jimbo. Jimbo never wanted to hire a true offensive coordinator. He wanted to call the plays. And that's just, it's too much to try to take on as a head coach. You got too much going on during a game. To worry about trying to call off as a play. And like I said, he just got so predictable too. Um a lot of times he would throw a lot of bubble screens and he'd run draws and stuff like that. And it
0: just He tried like, to put in spread plays uh into a pro offense. But like I said, you know, the quarterbacks aren't aren't as quick uh in his scheme. So they didn't get the, the bubble screens and that that type of plays out quick enough so the defense was yeah. already on top of them.
1: Well, if you're going to tell me you're going to get Jameis Winston year in and year out in a recruiting pool, then okay, run that offense. But I mean, that offense—it's—it's it's definitely dying off in college football. Um, even to a certain oh, yeah. degree, it's going away in NFL. A lot of teams yep. they i mean, like I said, look at Lamar Jackson. He got drafted by the Ravens, and they—they they basically created a whole nother
0: game plan for Lam, Lamar Jackson. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I mean, yeah. Like. I mean, getting back to yeah. to to Louisville, um, I, I really think, like we said earlier, that I, th- I think the the coach Satterfield situation was a great hire for them. I think he'll get those guys going in the right direction. He'll make the. I, I'm not sure about his assistants. So I have to do a little more digging for that, but um, yeah. will see what kind of kind of offensive, you know, well, situation or defensive situation he's bringing in.
1: I think him and Petrino have very similar offensive philosophies. I think they run that spread. He was running it, I'm pretty sure, at um, yeah. Appalachian State as well. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to be that big of a transition. I mean, like I said, who knows? They could come out and win eight games this year and be super competitive, make a bowl game. Yeah, they're,
0: they're um, one of the question marks, uh, definitely, in my in my mind.
1: Their schedule is – Gonna be pretty tough, though. I mean, they play. Uh, obviously, they they play us in the Atlantic but they also I think they have a game against Notre Dame as well, which is not gonna be an easy out by any stretch. Either. No,
0: no, they're kind of they're kind of hitting their stride right now, Notre Dame.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm actually pulling up their uh, their schedule right now. If
0: it loads for me, please. I just wish Notre Dame would would fully commit to a division to a conference or, or stay completely independent. I there's such a confusing uh I I agree
1: with you as well. Um actually I think they opened yeah, Louisville opens a season against Notre Dame. So we're gonna I guess we're gonna see right out the gate what Louisville. Hmm.
0: I don't think it. I'm not sure, you know, I don't think that's a very good game for Uh, Louisville Um, now they could prove me wrong like we've said but it's got to think that now is it at a where's it at is it a neutral site kickoff game or is it
1: uh it says it's in Louisville
0: so who knows okay well I mean they got that going for them at least but you gotta think going into that that Louisville is just uh, you know their fans can't be confident um but no if, if – i I'll say this. If they make it a game, even if they lose – if they make it even a game, that should put a lot of confidence in the fans of Louisville. Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, well, when you hit rock bottom, you have nowhere else to go but up. So, that's one thing they have, you know, for their future. Um, like I said, their schedule is not easy by any stretch because, like I said, you throw Notre Dame into the mix after you have to play Florida – you know, before the season really even gets started, you know, it's the first game of the year. And then you're moving on to Clemson and Florida State. And who else they got on the division of the coastal side? They play Virginia. They're at Miami. And then they finish the year against Kentucky. I mean, that's not going to be an easy schedule. I mean, they, they could potentially only win three games off of that schedule.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I mean that, that, uh, that, <laughs> Coach Satterfield, you know, as good of a coach as he, as he may be, a real tough road this year and I'm I'm sure he knows that and I'm sure his players know it and you know hopefully they're just kind of you know doing their best to, to get where they need to be to compete because it's gonna be a, it's yeah. a really tough schedule for them. It's gonna be an uphill battle the whole way probably. But uh
1: getting back to Notre Dame, yeah, I kinda agree with you to a certain degree. Like I think I I, I think it's best if they do just fully commit. Um I know
0: Lot it's just such a confusing, you know, situation because, you know, they're kind the, of, oh, but they're kind of, you know, it just doesn't make much sense how it's allowed. You know, it seems like they should have to pick, you know, are you in or are you out? Kind yeah. of thing.
1: Well, they went to the negotiation tables with the ACC conference and... They, they wanted to get into the basketball conference. Well, the conference came back to them and said, Well, no, we want you to join in football too. And then they countered, like, No, we're not going to join. And then they'll, we'll say, And then they said, Why? Well, right, well, we want you to play at least five games. So that's kind of how that got established.
0: But so I they're say- kind of doing the bare minimum that yeah. they need to do. Okay. Well, I mean, just but, join a conference. I yeah, mean, it's but, 2019, you know? And I
1: get it to a certain degree because the money they're making off of their network. Is astronomical but like I said and I was talking to a friend about this the other day um, if you look at it from a competitive advantage standpoint with recruiting I don't Mm -hmm. think it helps them to be independent because like I was saying to one of my friends think about the consistency factor if you're in a conference you know what teams you're going to play year in and year out and that's huge for some recruits because some recruits they they want their parents to come see them play you know and that might be one reason why they're not getting the recruits that they normally did in the past cuz if you look at their schedule i mean they're flying all over the country they're flying to michigan they're flying to boston college they're flying to us florida state then they're flying out to stanford and then they fly back to play navy and then they fly back out to california to play usc i mean yeah there's there's no
0: stability at all there's no is, stability
1: and don't even think about it from recruiting. Just think about it from your player standpoint. The traveling wear and tear on your body that they're going through. Yeah, that's... I mean, it's, it's no surprise why they might go to USC and lay an egg because they're on a totally different time. Yeah, I mean, instead of staying
0: in one specific region, they're going basically just doing tic-tac-toe on the, on the map.
1: And then, what was it? A few years ago, they flew out to Dublin, Ireland to play a game. <laughs> I mean, you can't tell me that they don't have some effect on your players
0: <laughs> you would think you would think they would kind of notice i mean they must have a great strength and conditioning coach because i <laughs> i mean or they're
1: just they have a keg full of red bull that they're chugging on the flight like i don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that, that's gonna be some pretty serious jet lag you know <laughs> we we'll go down to florida state then we're gonna fly out to california i mean my. There- they
1: we're gonna fly out to Dublin, like <laughs> that. Just I don't know that. That just doesn't make sense to me. Um, no. And that—that that was part of the reason why the NCAA wanted to have these conferences because they wanted most of these games to be regional. Whereas. Okay, you might play a big game. Say, we'll say for example, Florida State and Alabama. Well, for one, nope. they're kind of in the same region anyway. But we only do those games like once or twice a year. That's not going to be that much wear and tear on your body. But when you're doing it no. year in, year every
0: out, weekend and week out, yeah, that's. I mean, no, nah. it's not I good.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it. I, I'm all for Notre Dame wanting to make as much money as possible. I mean, I'm I'm a big capitalist myself, but. You have to look at it from the player's standpoint. I mean, you're just putting – you're putting a lot on their shoulders and then you're expecting them to go out and win a game. And then think about this. They've already went through all that traveling. And then, God forbid, they make the college football playoff. Now they're putting even more miles on their body. Yeah. Because those games are nowhere near your stadiums, typically.
0: Yeah. I mean.
1: Um, So, yeah, I I agree. I think they they should – probably join a conference. I don't know if it's ever going to happen or not. You know, they, they definitely, yeah, I'm not sure either. They, they kind of have their minds made up, but I just think if they kind of step back from a situation and just look at it from a common sense standpoint, then it would probably be the right thing to join the conference. And it, w- it would be good for us too, because then, like I said, we would have a pretty legitimate conference, which I think we do overall. But if you add a power like Notre Dame, I mean, it's just only going to enhance the ACC.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know, stack the cards, man. Yeah. I. uh, Um,
1: (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I think, like I said, I think this season, it definitely has some promise as far as ACC goes. And even nationally, you know, as far as like the rest of the conference goes, I think uh, it's going to be a pretty good football year. I think more this year than even ever before, I think there's going to be some decent parity in college football where, I, I mean, obviously you're going to have Clemson. You're going to have Alabama.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously so like, the last couple seasons has been pretty much all Clemson. Uh, you know, they've pretty much weighed down the ACC. Uh, but I, I think going into the next season, maybe two seasons, even three seasons, I, I think you're going to kind of see it more of a balanced uh, conference. I, I think a lot of teams are making the right changes now to be successful yeah. in the future. And I, I think Clemson's probably going to maintain their level of success. If not, you know, at least close to what they've done. So, well, I really think, uh, I think it'll start to kind of balance out the ACC a little more.
1: Well, I think they will have a pretty decent run. I mean, I didn't think it was going to last this long. Um, yeah. But I mean, even if you look at Alabama, um, I think they're on the tail end of their dynasty. And it happens to everybody. It even happened to us in the 90s. I mean, you can't tell me there was not a more dominant team than Florida State in the 90s. But even we had our doldrums come into play as well. I mean, as soon as the the year 2000 happened, or I guess right after we played Oklahoma in the national championship, I mean, we just fell to pieces. And it happened because – the recruits stop buying into what the coach is telling them or, or trying to, you know, their coaching philosophy. Tells yep. them. Like you were telling me the other day, Nick Saban was talking about the national title game and, like, those players came in cocky. They came in sluggish. They you thought they were going to win.
0: ...a championship. You know, and, and that's kind of when you get to the point of, well, you know, it might just be...
1: Your mic's messed up again.
0: You, you start to... The the players when they start to expect to yeah. win championships, I think that's kind of when they lose the the drive to really try and to win.
1: And Clemson was hungry in that game, and you could tell they wanted revenge against Alabama from the previous year yeah. in the playoff game. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, you definitely could tell that they they were much hungrier. Uh, wanted it much more than uh, Alabama. Alabama came in thinking they were going to get handed the championship and Clemson men ready to fight for the championship. And I think that, that really showed if you watched yeah, it. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, and not to mention from the quarterback play of Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he didn't miss a beat the whole game, really. And like I said, Bama's defense were <laughs> sluggish, and they look like they're out of shape for the game, frankly. And he never had any pressure in his face. Um, like I said, we'll see – And like I said, I think he's a great talent. Um, And we'll see how his future is going to unfold. But also, you got to think like, well, like I was saying earlier, um, these teams are going to have game film on him. Eventually, they're going to come up with a scheme. He's going to get smacked in the mouth. Now, we'll see how he reacts. Because, I mean, when everything is going good.
0: You're not going to have – every game in your college career is not going to be a great game. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, if you go back to when me and you were in high school, Chris, you remember you remember Burns that program that they were running out there, and mm-hmm. Willie Corn. I mean, he looked like a prodigy. He was the number two quarterback in the country mm-hmm. coming out of Burns High School. Yep. And what happened when he played Gaffney? Well, we put we put the shoulder pads to his chest. Yeah. And he didn't want any part of that. He folded like a lawn chair.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And that's no indictment against him, but I mean it. it it's a lot easier to stand in the pocket when you don't have grown men about to snap your leg in half, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. And, and then when you're standing in the pocket and you have five years to throw the ball, I mean, that's that's just pitch and catch.
0: A lot more when you're not getting chased by bears. Yeah. <laughs> that's just all there is to it.
1: I mean, for sure. I mean, it goes to any level, whether it's college football or even but definitely the NFL for sure, I
0: mean... Yeah. I would be you know, scared to death if Ray
1: Lewis was coming after Now, that.
0: you know, let's hope Clemson doesn't get the, you know, let's hope Clemson get this you know, we we're gonna get a ship attitude because you know, I think I think Florida State's gonna you know put him back up. Uh you know, it may not be this season, may not even be next, but uh I think they they've made the hires to bring it back to the you know yeah. in the right direction. I mean,
1: like I said, even even Bar- I mean our defense was not great last year, but once again, we had a new defensive coordinator in Barnett. Um, He definitely had Michigan State's defense firing on all cylinders. Um, So this is his second year under his belt, so let's see if he can implement that game plan. Not to mention, we do have Marvin Wilson coming back as a defensive tackle. We have Levante Taylor. Stanford
0: Samuels. Levante Uh, Taylor in at safety. Akeem Dent.
1: He's a a highly touted freshman.
0: We have some Superb defensive talent Now If they can become talented As a team that's another question But we have the talent Uh,
1: Yeah And for sure Um, Now whether we uh, Execute or not is going to be totally different I mean we were talented last year but like I said We were kind kind of behind the eight ball Because
0: we just made so many Easy mistakes you know the corners Weren't turning around to look for the ball Uh I mean, we rushing presence and Brian Burns and even yeah. Marvin Wilson, but he didn't, he didn't start last year, unfortunately, but he, you know,
1: well, I don't really lay the foot or the, the, the blame at the foot of Willie Taggart more. So me personally, and this is not a shot to the kid, but I put a lot of that on uh, Francois because Francois, he, he's a great, the talent. kid
0: never looked motivated ever to me. Uh,
1: yeah, And like, like I said, it's not an indictment against him, but, um, he he just couldn't take losing like as soon as he would lose one game his confidence was shot and right. he just didn't have the le- leadership qualities to hey pick the team
0: up like look i'm going to I mean put you if, on you my watched, if you watch if you watch any of his post game press conferences in uh, losses he never seemed excited he never seemed like he really cared he it was just nonchalant uh, but if you watch James Blackman in any press conference you know, win or loss, he's always positive, upbeat. We're gonna get this thing going, and that was something Francisco lacked.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you can't have that in a quarterback. I'm sorry, that's just that's one quality that a quarterback has to have. Is no, that, that leadership quality. They have to be willing to say, "Look, we lost the game, we still have a season to play. Pick your chin up and let's go." But he yep. did. He just he just. He just stayed and see, in the misery. It, it's
0: almost it's like that with every championship quarterback. If you Lawrence, you know, no matter what. Now he didn't have many reasons to be negative last yeah. season. But no matter what, uh, you know, he always seems to have the upbeat, flowing attitude. Uh, and I think that's what it really takes to have kind of a championship quarterback, championship caliber team, well, yeah, but, is you have to stay positive and focused. Well, you have Look to. at
1: when Trevor Lawrence went down against Syracuse. Um, a backup quarterback came in and – he kept the the offense going, and the defense kept like, look, we're not going to give up this game. I'm sorry, we're going to win this game. I know Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah, heard. that was by far their closest chance to, to losing, or closest uh, situation to losing last season. Which and then I don't think it would have. They ever came it.
1: Yeah, and I don't even if they would have lost the game, I don't think it would have affected them as far as the college football playoff picture would have been concerned, because a lot of other teams started losing, and then they won the division. Um, right. But I mean, still it. It, it could have wrecked their season, though, because then they're like, well, we've lost Syracuse. Our season is shot. There's no way we're going to make the playoff or whatever it is. But they kept going. I mean, that, and, and the years passed. That was kind of Clemson's fault, especially when they had um, Taj Boyd. They would beat somebody like Georgia and then turn around and lose to somebody like North Carolina State, mainly because they were cocky. Right. And then, like, well, once they lost to North Carolina State and then their whole season went down the drain, they, they lost like two or three other games.
0: Right. And I mean, you know, like like we've said, though, I really think, I really think the see is kind of evening out in the next couple seasons. Uh, Clemson's going to kind of maintain where they're at. Obviously, Debo's doing a good job there, uh, bringing yeah. in talent and and kind of just keeping everything the same. He's he's kind of got the Nick Saban thing going on, where he's he's kind of getting stuff where it needs to be and then kind of maintaining it. And I think that's that's really what you need. But I also think. A lot of these hires in the offseason this season are going to kind of eventually even out the playing field in the ACC. It's going to become a lot more competitive and a lot more exciting. Well, look, um, at,
1: the, look at the big hire at uh, UNC with Mac Brown. I mean, to me, he's definitely a top-ten coach. He's already established himself as a developer of
0: talent, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, but uh, overall, I really think the ACC is – it's gonna be a it's gonna be a real fun uh, season to watch the SEC. Well, um, I mean,
1: you would probably agree with me on this as well. I mean, over even over the last, I'd say five to seven years, I, I think the conference has been underrated anyway. You know, a lot of the, mm-hmm. the the media is you know drawing into the SEC, and don't get me wrong, the SEC is a pretty solid conference. But over their, their stretch of dominance, a lot of it's been Alabama, Florida. Um, LSU, Auburn won one year, and I mean even Georgia's good. But if you outside of those four teams, do you honestly think Vanderbilt is ever going to win a national championship? Do you honestly think Mississippi State's ever going to win a national championship? No.
0: No. They're not. no I mean they're, they're kind of if you, it's kind of like a mirror image. They're kind of like Wake Forest, and you know it, it, it's kind of like a. But but see, people like to to give. They just seem to give the SEC more credit, and you know, hopefully, in the years, uh, you know, years coming, uh, it'll all change, and maybe everybody well, I, will kind of see that the ACC is also a football conference.
1: I think, to a certain degree, I think if you look at all football conferences, they're all structured the exact same. There's like three or four teams, right, like that are the best teams in the conference. The bottom halves are terrible, just like any other conference. Um, but I mean I would say if you take maybe if you take SEC's top 4 teams then yes if you want to if you want to judge it by that alone then maybe you could call it the best conference in the country. But they're right. not using that. They're not using that argument. They're using the argument of top to bottom.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Which is, I think is a flawed argument.
0: Yeah, I don't think you could argue that with any conference. Absolutely no. not. Because the bottom half teams are
1: losing like 7 games. I mean, I think, what was it, last year or the year before last? SEC was like, what, two and seven in bowl games?
0: You never. It, I just, I I'm sorry. don't believe in it Your at mic all. was
1: breaking up. What were you saying? I'm sorry.
0: I was just saying, I, I don't believe in the argument. I just, I can't believe that is better than the other you know i feel like every conference has a top two or three teams like you said and you know what people will kind of start to see that the acc is is right up there um obviously clemson has been kind of the the big dog on campus for the last few years but um, hopefully, you know, it'll kind of even out and we'll have a lot and more competitiveness. I, I, in I think it will. I
1: mean, if you look, like I said, even if you look at the Coastal, if if you sit here and think that Miami is not going to come back at some point, well then, I don't know what you're smoking, but you're out of your mind. I mean, eventually, I mean, they just have a talent. A
0: the talent pool there is out of this world. It really, and I know is.
1: Nick Saban has—he's dampened a lot of that because I mean he's pulled a lot of players from the Miami area. Look at look yeah. at Amari Cooper. Um, he comes to mind. I mean, he was a what a top five, top ten recruit coming out of Miami. And like I said, the SEC—they have been going into the state of Florida and they've been taking a lot of the the talent out of the out of the, the state. I mean, Florida is loaded top to bottom. Talent, I would say for me personally, pound for pound is probably the best talent pool in the country. I know you have Texas, oh, yeah, I know you have California, but those states don't have the athletes that Florida ha- has, you know. Um,
0: definitely, I, I feel I, I just feel like, yeah, like you said, I, I feel like Florida is, is they've put yeah. out so many, so many just freak athletes, man. Yeah, and even look at
1: the look at the the have went on to go to the NFL. I mean, we're talking, we're talking first ballot Hall of Famers like Ray Lewis. Now this
0: is only two, but I'll name them just because it's out of recent memory at Florida State: Lamarcus Joyner and Dalvin Cook. I mean, yeah, that that's right there is enough to be like, you know, that's pretty talented people.
1: Well, look at Devontae Freeman for the, the yeah. Falcons. I mean, he came yeah. out of Miami Central, and that and Miami, he wanted to go to Miami. And part of that's Miami Hurricanes fault, but he wanted to go to, to the University of Miami, and they didn't mm-hmm. recruit him, so we ended up getting him. And I mean, he'll, he won a championship. Yeah, he'll probably go down in the Florida State Hall of Fame. I don't know if he will in the NFL. That's you know, that's still a story that's being written. But um, he's definitely
0: he's definitely a, a good NFL running back as well.
1: Yeah, even look at Calvin Benjamin. I mean, he was a in nature coming out of Miami as well.
0: <laughs> that yeah. they just didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as college athletes are green, uh, I mean, you could go on and on for hours. I mean, you, yeah. you could talk about Florida athletes. Just –
1: Yeah, and just think about You could do this even with NFL Hall of Famers, with Florida athletes. I mean, for days, you could just keep going on and on. You wasn't wasn't Sanders,
0: Sammy Watkins from, from Clinton, Florida? Yeah. Yeah, I mean
1: <laughs> – So was C.J. Spiller and – um what was the other one they had a few years ago?
0: Um,
1: it was CJ Spiller and somebody else for the life of me. I can't remember his name. Davis. Yeah.
0: James Davis.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Both
0: of those from the state of Florida. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, though, I mean, you could talk about that for days and days and days. Um, I mean, um, I, I feel like, you know, we covered, we've covered a great deal. Um, yeah, I feel like you know we did our breakdown. Like I said, uh, we're go- myself and Ridge are going to be going over uh, a couple more teams out of the Atlantic. We're going to cover the entire Atlantic. We're going to be doing that um, next week, um, and we're going to continue to do that until football season. And by the by the time football season starts, we should have covered the Atlantic and the Coastal Division kind of breakdowns from last season to this season. What we think might happen. Uh, kind of some key games to watch And um, yeah I guess.
1: Well uh, yeah I hope you can, uh, enjoy the show and like I said We will be breaking down um, ACC football But I mean it ain't gonna just be left to the ACC We're gonna have topics like we did today With you know sec or even when we're talking about you know notre dame joining the acc so we're gonna we're gonna keep you informed and have some discussions you know about college football across the the landscape of the country as well and also like i was saying in the advertisement we'll have um we'll have a uh, podcast towards like the college football playoff especially when once it gets started i think it starts in like october like the first week of october they have the first show
0: yeah so we're I gonna think break you're right. that yeah. down as well yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm so pumped for the season, I man. I, like I said, I, I'm ready to see not only what Florida State can do and what what changes they've made, but I, I'm just ready to see the ACC across the board. Yeah. What what who's going to step up and compete with Clemson? That's what I want to see if anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think now's a good time to strike on Clemson because, like I said, they lost those defensive players, and um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an exciting season for sure. And I'm glad we're here on the. ACC Football Academy covering it and I hope you guys tune in next as we break down more Atlantic teams on our way to the college football season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think this is probably a, a good time to end the podcast but um, I hope everybody enjoyed the show and like I said, me and Chris are going to grind it out this year and uh, try to give you a great show to listen to.
0: Yeah, and thank you guys for listening to the ACC Football Academy here on Anchor. I'm Chris I'm Burgess, Ridge Moss. along with Ridge Moss, and we'll catch you next time.